Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Bar Fights. Today is a huge treat for you guys. My guest is an award-winning documentary filmmaker with over 25 years of experience. She's been a director. She's been a showrunner and executive producer. She's worked for, the list is long, Netflix, NBC, Investigation Discovery, History Channel, um, Long Crime, and my personal favorite, Court TV. Um, She's an amazing interviewer, and she's worked a lot with sexual assault survivors crime victims, victims, family members, death row inmates, presidents, celebrities, athletes. I'm telling you, (laughs) she is awesome. Um, What we're going to look at today are some pieces that she created for Netflix. One of them is called Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. And then she followed it up with Ghislaine Maxwell, Filthy Rich. And I watched them both. I know everybody I know has watched them both. And she really, really drew attention to this story, I think, as a viewer um, in a new way and showed us sort of the, the, the mindset behind the stories that we were reading about the these folks as these um, cases played out. So I'm honored to have you here, Lisa Bryant. Thank you for coming on Bar Fights. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for that introduction. My goodness. Absolutely. Well, you're a rock star, so it's easy. Um, So you've been in this world of sort of true crime. Um, You've worked with victim survivors. You have such an amazing body of work, which we could spend all day just talking about all the stuff you've done. But I want to sort of focus in on this on this Epstein and maybe even more interesting Maxwell stuff. Um, how did you get, get involved in these cases? I know you've been at it for a long time. What first brought you to these cases? Well, I've always been um, someone who's been a, a woman's advocate. I've done a lot of reporting actually in the gymnastics world. I did a big expose that won a Gracie award um, back in the late nineties on Bella Caroli and, and what was happening with those girls and more along the lines of eating disorders and things like that. And then, and I also um, did a big piece on title nine that also uh, won this award that is uh, for doing uh, outstanding work on women's issues and women's stories. So I've always, you know, and I'm a mother, so I've always taken an interest in that. But, you know, I've done many, many things over the sports and entertainment. But um, I've been had been probably the last 10, 12 years working kind of in the true crime genre. Um, and one of my mentors uh, was Joe Berlinger, a very acclaimed documentarian. And I had worked with him on two pro- projects um, at, at Radical Media, which is a very high end um production company that does a lot of really great, you know, work. Um, and I was there at the time and Joe came to me and said that, you know, that we really need a strong woman who could, 
could tackle this topic that's really sensitive. And, you know, we're trying to get Netflix on board. It's, you know, James Patterson was attached to the to the Epstein, not to the Maxwell's um, uh, film, but he, you know, he's been trying to pound the pavement and get people to buy into, you know, taking a chance and taking a risk legally. People are so afraid. And uh, anyway, um, finally, Netflix, you know, thank God, took this chance. And we were starting to uh, work on this production when Epstein was still alive. Uh, and so the more I read about it, the more I angry I got, you know, be, being a mom, hearing about these young girls, young women, you know, just being totally groomed and taken advantage of and, you know, sexually abused and assaulted, you know, by this creepy, you know, old man. Um, not only, you know, just, you know, in the time that I've been working, I'd be, this had been going on for decades. And, you know, the more I worked on it, the kind of the angrier I got, the more I wanted to dive in and figure out how in the world this happened. Then we learned, you know, that he had been arrested before um, for this and got basically the slap on the wrist. And, you know, it's just, you know, how in the world did this happen? So what we really wanted to do is to kind of untangle all the lies and the manipulation and the corruption and cover-ups that, you know, we learned, you know, kind of took place. And all these people that were wrapped up into this huge spider web of abuse, um, you know, I think had it not been for so many people, you know, high profile, you know, wealthy, you know, lot, mostly white men, uh, you know, involved in his scheme or in some way or another, um, this would not have gone on so long. You know, the, the FBI and the police, uh, you know, would have, you know, really cracked down, you know, much sooner. If this was just an average person, you know, this never would have happened. So um, we just really wanted to kind of lay out the story for everyone to see, um, you know, what had happened, how it had happened, you know, what his methods were, who his co-conspirators were. We learned about Glenn Maxwell, uh, who then we did a whole, you know, documentary film on because uh, he could not have, you know, done what he, you know, set up his scheme without her. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I kind of think I lost sight of your question in there. In there, but anyway, so I, so I came aboard and just dove right in, and 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 then eight months into production, um, Jeffrey Epstein's arrested. So wow. that was crazy. We'd already worked on a, a finished a whole episode. And hardly anybody would talk. Everybody was afraid of him. So we were like a little bit nervous. How are we going to do like this four or five part series when we've got like really one survivor who talked in silhouette in the beginning? Uh, she came out then later after his arrest and everything. And we reshot her. But we had, you know, very, very few people, you know, that were in the know that would talk. We had a couple of attorneys and, you know, we were a little bit nervous. But then the whole thing changed. Um, and and the world learned about him. Yeah, it's so crazy to me. Like the themes with a lot of the perpetrators we that have become sort of household names, you know, the, the cover-ups, they're able to get away with it for decades because of the money, the power, mm -hmm. the fame. Um, people are afraid, terrified actually to come mm -hmm. out against yeah. did you guys ever because you were you were you know there before the arrest before he died before Ghislaine was arrested did you guys ever feel any of that fear that he's going to come after you you know we 
I have to say that that Radical Media and Netflix, we really took some precautions before we started. We, you know, that we wanted to make sure there was the utmost safety for the team and for the media and the material that we were going to be filming. Um, so we had uh, kind of a, a, we called it like a little secret room, like a very private room. We had a safe where we would put our media and lock it in at night. There were cameras in the rooms. We had a, a separate server that we worked on that was encrypted. So, in, you know, in case, you know, he had hackers that could tack into the computer, we didn't want to knowing what we were, what we had and what we were reporting on. So that was, you know, you know, kind of what we started with, which was, you know, a good thing. I didn't ever feel threatened, really. I actually twice um, I saw, uh, well, we, we camped out in front of his place, both in Florida and in New York, and saw him come out uh, in New York with you know, a, a, a pretty girl on his arm and we got a little bit of video. And then in uh, Florida, so he, he was well aware we were doing this and he was well aware, got my license plate. I know because one of his uh, butlers or something was taking my license plate that we were kind of sitting and hiding out in this car. So I was a little unnerved. My husband was a little unnerved, but we never felt anything. I think it was just, you know, they wanted to make you feel like, you, you know, you should be scared of him or something. But uh, did did in Florida knock uh, or not uh, rang his buzzer, and I knew he was home. Uh, but the doorman said, or the house manager said that he was not there. And I said, "Oh wait, are you sure he's not here? I could have sworn that you know saw you know his his cavalcade of cars come in, and you know." And anyway, uh, never did actually have the pleasure or displeasure of meeting him. But uh, I, to answer your question, no, I never really felt threatened, but it, but it was a little um, unnerving, I, I think, in the be beginning, just kind of being unsure, you know, what he knows and doesn't know about what we were doing. And that's, that's so crazy to me, because you think, you know, you're the documentarian creating a piece about him, but the victims, the, 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 the intimidation, the fear factor of them coming forward and speaking out like they, it was a, a huge uphill, like it's scary. I want people to get, <laughs> to get yeah. the memo that when people say, well, why didn't you tell anybody? Why didn't you come out mm -hmm. sooner? Like, this is what you're up against. You're having to like have encrypted servers and locked rooms and safes and, and, and you're not even the victim coming out for him. Right. And that, that's so nuts. Have you, had you ever had to do anything like that before when you were making projects or yeah. no, this is the first no, not, this is, this is the first, but yeah, I can only imagine what these, you know, young women, you know, felt like, because you know, we know now that there were direct threats, you know, I'll, I'll hurt your family. Um, don't say anything. There are also, um, you know, uh, non-disclosure agreements and settlements made. And, and if those were broken, they just didn't know. And, and if this man, you know, had such a scheme going on, um, you know, I think especially someone in their, you know, their teens or early 20s, they are going to keep their mouth shut. They're just terrified for, for their own safety. So, you know, you can't really blame, you know, the victims. A lot of people like to blame the victims. Well, it's their fault. They went back. Are they this and they that? Well, when you've been groomed and manipulated and, you know, taught that this behavior is normal and it's normalized and, and you're from, you know, an impoverished background or, you know, you have, you know, a broken family or you have no family, you know, and he's, he and she are manipulating you and, and pretending they're your best friends and they can help you and they can help you go to college and, you know, and 
or pay for your ballet school or pay for your, you know, your art lessons or whatever. I, I think that, you know, the, the grooming is such a, a key component. Um, and, you know, she in particular, you know, uh, was so good at it. Um, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell, that these, these girls, you know, she should have been a mother figure to them yet, you know, they, she really just entrapped them and got them to trust her. And, and then she just normalized everything. And, and it, you know, I think they even, you know, many of them said that they're more angry at her yes. than they are at him because she should have protected them. Yes, totally. And when I was down in Florida recently, I drove by his house and it's, I guess it was, it was knocked down and somebody rebuilt there, but I was struck by how close it is to the neighbors on either side, how it's on a street and it's right there. And there's no big winding driveway and big gate. I mean, he was right there. And that brings me to the point of there were people around for decades who saw what this man was doing and then what this woman was doing and did nothing about it. And she was one of the people in that inner circle. If anybody should have stopped him, it was her. Let's talk about Ghislaine. And I'm curious your take on the psyches of these these two people because I presume in the kind of work you do, you have to kind of get into their heads uh, a little bit. He strikes me as just a textbook narcissist, sociopath, pedophile, sick fuck. But her, what the Well, heck? you could say many of the same things about her, though, too. Okay, tell I mean, me definitely, about her. you know, narcissistic traits, uh, you know, psychopathic traits. Okay. Uh, you know, she's a manipulator. You know, we heard through these, you know, in, in the film, these intimate first person accounts, how, you know, she is, you know, just classic, you know, I guess just going to do whatever it takes to please her man, you know, really. I mean, to what we really wanted to find out what motivated her yeah. to to do to basically give up, you know, she she's a wealthy woman on her own, in her own right, but yet she fell to the depths so low. What what on earth why would she do that? Well, a lot of the women felt like she really got off on the power trip you know, she, she got compliments and thank yous. And she was adored by these men that she was pleasing, you know, here, here, take this young girl tonight. I'm going to send you so-and-so. And, and, you know, it, she got some gratification out of that, you know, and it just, that was really, you know, interesting to see. And, and we talked to some of uh, to the main um, therapist who treated a lot of the early Epstein victims, um, these young high school girls, Dr. Uh, Randy Kogan, and and she really, you know, said that you know without Ghislaine, there's just no way, you know, that he could have done this. And and here she was, this you know, the fact that she was a woman is just so shocking. I think it is what captivated you know uh, the world into the story even more than you know him. Is like how could this woman? She's yeah. an unlikely sexual predator. You know, this female, wealthy, well-educated socialite, you know, across two continents, really, who seemingly she had it all. She had money, connections, power. But, you know, she really had this critical role in helping him set up this pyramid scheme of abuse that really, you know, thrived for decades. And without his, her by his side, there's just no way he could have done it. Um, so we wanted to shine a light on, you know, she really was the most important person in his life, whether yeah. he loved her, ever loved her, he needed her connections. She needed his money. She liked the power that that went along with that. And um, 
you know, it just, you know, it, you know, for her, it's too bad that he wasn't also, you know, held accountable and put in jail for the rest of his life. But, you know, her scapegoat, I'm just a scapegoat for him. That doesn't fly. I think no matter what, if he had gone to trial and gone to jail, she would have been right in line and right where she is right now. It, you know, she does not, you know, she doesn't get a pass if he went to jail. There's just no no way she is just as culpable, you know, as he was. And, you know, in some cases we've learned, and I've talked to several people who, you know, she abused them herself. She got off on it. She liked it. She, you know, um, she had no qualms, uh, you know, and, and she's still to this day, there's been even some interviews from jail. She really has no remorse and taken no responsibility. Um, it's like, you know, I'm sorry this, you know, it happened to these girls. I wish I'd never met him, but, but no mention of, you know, I'm sorry for what I did for my role. Um, you know, she doesn't feel like she, you know, set them up for anything. Uh, you know, she just thinks, you know, they wanted it and, and enjoyed it or, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Uh, really, the whole story is really just so unbelievable. And I think that's why people were fascinated with it because there, we, we hear about, you know, pedophiles a lot. There's a lot of sex trafficking, you know, rings out there, still tons of them and, and all of all class levels. But this is just because of the people's names that were involved and the methods that were used, um, you know, these high school girls, you know, grooming each other, basically, in a way and and recruiting each other. Um, it's just so you can't wrap your head around it. It's unfathomable, really. And how how did it in a high school of 500 kids, 200 people knew about it? How did nobody not say anything for like five years to their parent or let something slip or, or did they, did they tell their parent and the parent wanted nothing to do with it? You know, it's kind of like, like you know, or they didn't believe it or yeah, who knows? It's, it's, that's also to me, just kind of mind boggling that just specifically with these underage high school girls, how that scheme really got going, um, you know, with these underage girls and, uh, you know, and just kept going. <laughs> Yeah. And going and going. Um, Yeah. I agree with you so much. Like the fact that she was a woman doing this and the fact that, you know, I kept thinking as I was watching the series, you know, what, what was her, like, what was she getting out of this? Right. What was her psyche? And I, you know, I saw the background you did on her relationship with her father and I'm thinking, Uh Yeah. Okay. Daddy issues, but we all have daddy issues. That doesn't set up sex trafficking rings. Right. And she's got, you know, six, uh, six siblings or seven siblings and none of them are, are, you know, pedophiles basically, you know what I mean? It's like, they have all had the same dad. Uh, so, and there, she had other sisters, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's really bizarre. Um, you know, she just, uh, I don't know. She should have been a protector, but instead took advantage of them. Um, I think in order to try to keep Epstein in her orbit, he tried to, you know, kind of cut her out, um, you know, but, but she was his fixer, his madam, his partner in crime, you know, so desperate that she used her power in any way she could as a mother figure to groom, exploit and abuse vulnerable girls, uh, who, who trusted her and, and you can hardly blame them because, you know, there's something intriguing when you hear her even talking to, you know, you hear her that accent and, and she so friendly and everybody said she, she acted like my friend and, and we had so much in common and, you know, whatever it was, they found out what she found out, he found out that, you know, they did their homework, whoever else was, was helping, you know, 
found out what it was that they could go for that would make that person vulnerable. What do they need? Do, do they need, you know, someone who is going to pay for their college? Do they need just someone as a friend? Do they need, do they need a roof over their head? Do they need, you know, money to eat? You know, we can, you know, provide that. Do they have a big dream to be an actress, you know, uh, a model, whatever it is, you know, his whole, you know, Victoria's Secret, you know, charade, um, you know, fooled a number of women as well. You know, he pretended he worked for him, for Les Wexner and for, for um, you know, for Victoria's Secret and that he was a scout. And, you know, what girl isn't going to buy into that? And, and he wasn't, you know, bad looking, especially, you know, when he was younger and, and you know, this powerful older figure, you know, they just didn't know how to how to, how to weed through that, you know? Of course not. Cause they're children and their brains are not fully formed. And they're, uh, we believe right. innately as kids, what adults tell us. Right? That's right. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, two questions. One, you're working on this thing for eight months and then this guy shows up dead in prison. One question. My second question, when you were filming her, her piece, was she in hiding? Did you, were you a part of trying to find her when she was gone for that mysterious year or two? Or what did that look like? The two big yeah. mysteries I'm kind of hung up hey. on. Well, his death is, is you know, still uh, the big, uh, you know, we'll never know because, you know, the, the tapes are ruined and the guards, uh, you know, they, they fell asleep and they, you know, and then they get off and the whole, the, you know, I don't know. I, you know, it makes perfect sense that he could have, uh, let somebody kill him, hired somebody to kill him, or somebody who could have just killed him because of all of the the people that were you know involved. Um, he could have he he was such a sex addict that you know he couldn't survive, and he knew he was going down. So it, it also makes sense that he would have killed himself. So I yeah. don't you know there, I don't think there's any concrete proof, but but if if I learned you know definitively that it was you know there was some hit on him, <laughs> I would not be shocked. But if, yeah. he, if we learned that it really, really was a suicide, which it was ruled a suicide, um, that also makes sense because there was, I, I think he probably knew he was done. Um, although he had such a big ego, you know, and <laughs> people like that think they can get away with things. He's gotten away with it for so long. So uh, anyway, that's kind of that answer. I think that it really you, it, it, it it could go either way, but at this point, you know, we have to leave it at, you know, he committed suicide. Uh, yeah. But, um, and, and, and then, you know, her going on the run, honestly, from all the, you know, interviews and research, apparently it does appear that she was in contact or her attorneys were in contact. She wasn't really skipping okay. town. She, she, she was hiding really, I think from the media more than anything, to be honest. Okay. Um, and, and the paparazzi, uh, you know, w- w- that were following her every move. However, you know, she, she, her life was over at that point. She knew it. So she did want to, you know, hide out, uh, so to speak. Did she know she was her her number was probably going to be up? Probably. Yeah. But but, you know, she did have like three passports. She could have left immediately and she didn't, I think. And the psychologist also thinks she was, you know, such a narcissist that she thought she could beat this, felt she was above the law and that, you know. His fault, you know, I didn't do anything. You know, she she still, you know, stands by that. So, um, yeah, we weren't actually filming. There was a a gap sort of before we started because, you know, 
we, we, it just, it, the story just kept growing and growing and growing. And then people really wanted to learn about it. So we started filming, um, you know, right after her arrest, I guess. And then, you know, kind of the whole thing started to unfold and, and then the, her trial and there was a delay in the trial and, you know, it was just it, it, kind of an, you're wondering, oh my gosh, is she going to then, you know, suddenly die in prison? And, you know, you just wanted some sort of justice for these women. I know they wanted something so badly and, and yes, it wasn't the, the big kahuna, you know, who, who was paying in jail. Uh, but they do, I think the ones that I've talked to, they do feel a sense of justice has been served um, with Ghislaine behind bars because she was, you know, an equal partner to him in this. Yes, that was so moving when I watched the piece to see the interviews with the women and see them, you know, coming out of the courthouse and, and you could see them standing a little bit taller and, you know, get maybe getting some of that dignity back. Um, that was taken from them. Yeah. So that was a really moving piece. And the other thing that stu- that stuck out at me when I was watching was comments her lawyers were making. Like, I truly believe that she thought she had the chance of getting off. Yeah. I was shocked yeah. by that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, with juries, it's so interesting how this one little thing can, can throw an entire yes. thing. And the longer they were deliberating, I think a lot of people were getting worried that, oh my gosh, she's going to, she's going to get off. And then, you know, anyway, it it, it was an up and down, you know, trial really, because when those women, you know, were so brave who testified, you know, these are the underage victims. And we heard kind of the story through Annie Farmer, who was so strong and, and both the Farmer sisters, you know, had tried years and years ago to, to bring this to light Maria Farmer in 1996. I mean, it goes to the FBI. Where's her report? You know, nobody will give it. You know, is there a report? Where is it? You know, um, had they listened to her, we wouldn't be here, you know? And, and then when she and Annie talked to, you know, um, you know, Vanity Fair, and then that didn't get, get it. There's just, there's just, a, you know, this horrific, you know, comedy of errors, if you will, it's, it's nothing funny about it, but, you know, every, every outlet that tried to report it, it was, it was, you know, brushed under the rug or killed. The stories were, were, you know, killed. Um, James Patterson wrote a book that came out like in 2015, nobody read it. Um, he couldn't get any traction. He couldn't get usually, um, on shows to talk about it because it, it, the people involved were too powerful and, and his machine and his machine of lawyers were shutting it down. Yep. So, um, you know, and that's the outrage that still goes on because little by little, we're getting a little bit more names, a few more names and the bank's now in trouble for, you know, and, and all of that, which is wonderful, but there's still so many more people, but I think it's just coming in such dribs and drabs. Um, you know, it's very, very frustrating for the women who just, you know, want it, it you know, want it all out there now. And just to, to close it, cause it's still a slow bleed for them. Yes. There was some you know, uh, feeling of uh, satisfaction, I guess, or uh, I don't know, can't speak for them, but a, a relief in a way that she's off the streets and that she's, you know, behind bars and some justice was done there. But there's still so many people who were wrapped up in this that were, that are there, that basically got a free pass. And that I think was what was kind of so outrageous, you know, um, it was just it really the moral of the thing is how power and money you know, can just hide these heinous acts and allow them to continue and flourish, you know, with, you know, impunity. It's just crazy, you know? 
It's the kind of stuff that makes your jaw drop, except for in the work that I do now and, and having been a part of one of these cases, it doesn't surprise me anymore, you know, yeah. and it's the same shit, different perp. I, I interviewed a, um, a Weinstein victim just the other day, it, and it, we can take everything you just said and pop it onto that case, and it's the same thing. People yeah. are trying to speak up. There's, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, sort of the most well-known secret in all of, you know, whether it be Hollywood or New York or Palm Beach or, or whatever, um, were there, you know, we talk, we hear about this like list of all these powerful white males involved in this. Were, were, do you think is more that's ever going to see the light of day when it comes to that? Or did they successfully bury those? No, I think, I think, I think there will, I think a lot will, uh, come out, um, when Les Wexner is no longer, in the picture, I think uh, he's a, a key component that people, uh, similar to how they were afraid of Epstein, are afraid of Wexner. He, you know, as many people had told me, um, they feel he is like kind of like the head of the snake in a way, uh, who's still around and knows a lot more and is is much more entangled in this than is reportable. Um, and so that's it'll be interesting to see what happens. He's he's much older now and he's never really you know he's managed to get out of depositions and things I think he is going to be deposed or they're trying to serve him uh subpoena in the the bank case um you know there's now this case where the uh attorneys on behalf of the survivors are suing you know JP Morgan and uh Barclays for for allowing Epstein and knowing they say knowingly um you know providing money to pay off these you know sex trafficking victims um and so that will be interesting to see. But but he's supposed to be deposed for that. And, you know, we, we just heard names like Sergey Brin um, being questioned and deposed. And, th- and so so there's there are some key names coming out. There are, are tons more. Um, and we learned about a lot of these people um, when we were investigating. But, you know, this is the thing with trafficking, as you know, without proof, without solid proof of where you can actually see it happening or some, you know, several people really to witness it who aren't afraid to talk about it. it you know, it, it's very, very hard to report this, let alone have anything happen. So um, I think that's a little, you know, disappointing that, you, you know, you learn a lot more than you're able to to say. And, and, and who's to say that it's 100% accurate too. So, I, there, you know, the, the proof, if we really had the proof proof, you know, we would have been able to report it, but you know what I mean? But when you're yeah. hearing the same thing from survivors from different decades, that the same names, the same people, the same type of abuse is happening. Um, it's very frustrating that you can't, you know, it's not just, oh, there, there, there is a, a lot of people say, well, they're just making it up. They're just all for the money. Well, that could be the case, you know, in a, you know, it's very, very small portion of them. Nobody that I met, but uh, maybe that's possible. What I heard more often than not, the same people, you know, uh, involved in, you know, the same big names and, and, and these women would be, you know, they never knew each other, you know, she was a, you know, 19, you know, 95 victim and, and a 2008 victim and, and had the same story, same people, same MO, same everything. And, you know, there's just when you're putting puzzle pieces together, there's just no way that, that all these women, all these ages are lying. This is not, 
there's no way possible. Yeah. Got together in a secret little club and a secret little, you know, whatever. I, I know I hear that all that, well, they must've gotten together and made this up. Well, there's really no way that's possible. Um, yeah. No, I totally. And where there's smoke, we know there's usually fire. I vote for Lisa Bryant making a part three. So I can <laughs> sit back, relax and watch it. Um, yeah. No, but I want to, I want to jump into your brain for a second. Cause I'm just, I'm just so fascinated by the work that you do and you've done so many notable projects that have won so many amazing awards to do what you do. Like you're part investigator, you're part like police officer. Like you're like, you're part probably therapist and friend and counselor and creative and visionary and all these things. Like what is it like <laughs> to have your brain? What do you feel like you do for a living? <laughs> well, these, this has been about five of the hardest years of my life, really. And because I, you know, I, I do take each person's story on my shoulders and I feel, I feel for them and I want to, you know, give them a safe place to tell their story. I want to give them a safe environment to call and vent later. I, you know, if they're you're happy or sad or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it, it was very emotional. It's very emotionally draining. It's still going on. I still am in touch with, you know, some of the people and, you know, I want to be there for them, but it's also, you know, they can get upset and, you know, and they get frustrated too. Like, well, why didn't, why didn't you put that in? Or, or why can't you, you know, talk about so-and-so or why don't you go after this now? It's like, well, you know, my job as I was hired to do has ended and it's been a long time. And yet I'm still, you know, getting calls and, and, and I'm very interested and I, I would love to, you know, help, you know, in any way if I could, but you know, really, I don't know that there's much I can do other than just be there to support. And if anybody, you know, asks, you know, me to, me to help in any way, you know, I would, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a journey, um, most challenging yet rewarding as well. I've met the most incredible people, the most incredible attorneys who fought for justice for so many years. Uh, can't say enough about, you know, their efforts and, and not giving up again in the face of threats themselves and just, you know, terrible, you know, um, people calling them horrific names and just, you know, money grubbers or whatever. It's like there was no money for Brad Edwards 13, 15 years ago when he was, you know, trying to do this. And, you know, it, and then look what it turned into. And, and thank God he didn't give up. And then, you know, the boys team joined and all these other attorneys, Spencer, because there's a, there's a number of, 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 of really heroic, you know, attorneys, but the real heroes are the other women themselves who are brave enough to come forward bear their souls and you know with sometimes very graphic you know details of of abuse um and there's still many of them most of them it'll always be you know a struggle it's a it's a lifelong journey through therapy and and working on themselves and and some fare better than others some some are really still not well very you know very you know sick still um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's sad to see. Um, and then there's others that have really managed to pick themselves up and rebuild their lives in, in a super positive way. Um, but you know, it's, it's difficult and, and that's, that's heartbreaking to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I hope the best for them, but I, you know, I'm just, without them, he would not, 
you know, be deceased and she would not be behind bars and, and they fought, you know, for justice. And, you know, in my eyes, they won, you know, it's, it's unfortunate they had these horrific experiences, but, but, you know, his ring is, has been shut down. Thank God. Uh, but now there's more work to do in, in other arenas though. Yes. Out there, you know, absolutely. Yes. And I see it have a sort of a front row seat <laughs> to that yeah. every day. Um, what is next for Lisa Bryan? I know you maybe can tell us some stuff or not other stuff, or is there anything we should look out for that you're working on? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's, it's interesting that because I've done this a lot, I've gotten a lot of calls in this, you know, arena of, of, sex trafficking or sexual abusers. So I've, I've, I've done some work with there is, the modeling industry is very rife with, with abuse. So I'm got my hands a little bit um, in that. And then there's a couple of key, you know, people, just uh, singular people not tied to the Epstein thing who also uh, I think most people don't know about that. Um, there are a lot of abuse complaints and I think you'll see, you know, some other big names, uh, sadly come out as, as sexual abusers or sex traffickers. So, uh, and just doing, a, you know, other life things and trying to, to do a little more lighthearted stuff as well. But, uh, but uh, you know, I'm just keeping busy. Yes. I love that. Well, on behalf of survivors um, and on behalf of now being a lawyer on the other side of it, I thank you so much for, the work that you did on this case and will do in the future in, in this world that that we live in um, to get the stories out there. And I've said it a million times, but without the, the journalists out there doing this work, um, our stories wouldn't get legs. And I feel like we wouldn't be able to have the success in getting some of these perpetrators out of the world and behind bars that we've had. So your work is so important and I'm very, very grateful for you. Um, thank, thank you. We wish you could do more. I mean, there's tons of great journalists out there still working this, the, the beat reporters and things that really day in and day out can do this. It's much harder in a documentary world because um, it's usually a sh shorter amount of time and smaller you know, team and all of that. But, you know, there, I, my hat goes off to all those people who are, who are, you know, who really dug and, you know, the Julie Browns and whatnot, who didn't give up also in the face of, you know, threats and adversity. Um, so, you know, we just got to keep trying to bring these, these bad people down because it, it, it's just shocking at, at how, how many there are out there. Yep. It sure is. Um, I agree with you completely and thank you for your part of it. And until we meet again, Lisa Bryan, until we find out who else is out there and what you're working <laughs> on, you'll have to come back and chat with us again. I'm so grateful right. to you. Thank you for being here. Right. Thank yeah. you. And um, thanks for all your hard work too, now that you're, you know, an attorney and, and, and representing people uh, who were victims of abuse as well. So that's important work too. And you've come through the other side. So you're, you know, really a strong survivor and a role model to so many. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Right back at you. I will see you guys next week on Bar Fights. Thanks for being here and have a great week.
Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives. 